It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Twitter Tuesday episode here at Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The big news to kick off the week on Monday came via ESPN's Adam Schefter, who said that Alvin Kamara's absences from camp are both unexcused and, quote, contract-related. And while that sounds like trouble, I'll tell you why you shouldn't be worried to kick off the show. Then we'll dive into the more hypothetical portion of the Alvin Kamara contract talk. What might a contract for Alvin Kamara look like? What would happen if the running back sat out the season without a new deal or any portion of the season for that matter? And how would the Saints navigate next year's falling cap with a new Camara deal? Then we'll get to our Twitter Tuesday segment, taking a look at your bold predictions for the Saints in 2020. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com. We got all that. And of course, a little bit of land yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints, your team every day. ESPN's Adam Schefter sent the Houdat Nation into a frenzy on Twitter after announcing that star running back Alvin Kamara's recent absences have been unexcused and contract-related. A lot of people wondering, should they be worried? My answer, not just yet. That's our New Orleans Saints lead story of the day today with Ross Jackson of Locked on Saints. New Orleans Saints 2017 draft pick Alvin Kamara has missed a few practices here recently during the Saints training camp. Going back to August 23rd and 24th, according to Kat Terrell, who recounted all of his absences so far, those two earlier absences due to illness, he came back for a couple of practices and now has been out for four days and three practices, the 28th through the 31st, so he has missed five out of the last seven practices. And a lot of question marks circulating around what was going on. Is he okay? Is he injured? Uh, Just sort of trying to figure out what it was that led to Alvin Kamara just disappearing here during camp over these last few practices. And we got a little bit of clarification via Adam Schefter, though a little bit misleading. Uh, ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeting out that Alvin Kamara's absences were both unexcused absences as well as contract related. Uh, Alvin Kamara, of course, is on the final year of his rookie deal. Remember, as a third round draft pick, the Saints do not have a fifth year option with him. So entering his fourth season and final season on that rookie deal, getting paid just over $2.1 million. 
Over the past couple of weeks, starting from Brian Bienemy back on August 15th, we've heard talks about the Saints and Alvin Kamara beginning those contract negotiations, or at least Alvin Kamara's representation, beginning those contract negotiations for a new extension to stick around with the team. A lot of people are looking at these absences and seeing phrases like unexcused absence and contract-related absence as negative when really... I wouldn't panic about this just yet because I hear this and my immediate thought is that this team and this player are close to a deal and they don't want to jeopardize any of the progress that they've made so far or have any of it get derailed by a potential injury in training camp when the guy's going to be ready to go week one. And there's been a lot of talk about how healthy he looks, how explosive he looks, how great he looks. And I think they want to maintain that both the player, his representation, and even the team because the team on their end doesn't want to pay this running back only to have him go out and get hurt during training camp. So this is something that makes sense to me. We did also get some further clarification from Nick Underhill and Mike Garofalo of NFL Network that while Alvin Kamara is indeed missing these practices for contract-related purposes, there seems to also be an injury involved as well. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that it's a large injury. It could be a minor injury that both representation and team don't want to risk getting worse and again, derailing the progress that's been made towards this contract negotiation. This seems to back up our stance here that this doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. I know when we hear unexcused absence and contract-related dispute or contract-related absence, that we tie a negative connotation to those because we've sort of been trained to believe that that's what that is, that it's some disagreement or the two are far apart or there's some sort of dispute going on between the two. And that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes this literally comes down to just protecting the progress that has already been made. We saw something similar to this with Michael Thomas in last year's training camp. On July 22nd, before training camp began on the 25th, Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports reported that the Saints and Michael Thomas were getting closer to getting a contract deal done. The Saints were hovering around 18 to 19 million. Michael Thomas and his representation were trying to get up to 20 million. Then once all of that came a little bit closer, Michael Thomas at the time that camp rolled around on July 25th still didn't have that deal, but they were very close to getting it done and anything that could have interfered with it like an injury, they didn't want to risk. He ended up holding out through the 31st until he got his new deal and then reported to camp. I'm expecting that you're seeing something very akin to that when it comes to Alvin Kamara and just protecting the asset and protecting the fact that this contract seems to be very close to being done. We've also heard that from Nick Underhill that they seem to be close. There's still hills that they have to get over in order to get this deal done. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's imminent or that it's all at all guaranteed. This could still go south. This could still work out. There's still so many different acknowledgments and many different factors and possibilities here. But as of right now, it seems that this is all trending in a positive direction. And even if Alvin Kamara is dealing with an injury, a brand new shiny contract might be exactly what it is that the doctor orders. So now we'll talk a little bit more about what happens if the contract does get done, if it doesn't get done, how it affects the team, how it affects Alvin Kamara, and what it means moving forward for the Saints going into the salary cap situation next year, and what it means for Alvin Kamara going into the new CBA rules and how holdouts and not reporting for work affect his contract. We'll talk about all that up next and more before we get to Twitter Tuesday and your bold predictions for the Saints 2020 season. Got that coming up for you next here on Locked on Saints, your team every day.
Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you're stressed out about Alvin Kamara's contract, the one thing you don't have to stress out is finding a great tasting protein bar with all of the health benefits that you need because Built Bar has you covered and they've got six brand new flavors, even more deliciouser than the flavors that they had beforehand. Uh, Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, along with your favorites that are still on the site as well, such as peanut butter, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, and salted caramel, and much, much more. 18 total flavors over at the website, completely covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew, and just a great protein bar for the health-conscious person. Go ahead and check them out at BuiltBar.com. They have a new promo code that has relaunched along with their bar relaunch. You get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last, so go and check them out, BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On and get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On to get $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Huda Nation, continuing on with this Twitter Tuesday episode. But before we get to your bold predictions for the 2020 New Orleans Saints, I wanted to talk through a little bit more of the hypotheticals when it comes to Alvin Kamara's contract. I still very much retain the fact that this is not the time to hit the panic button or to be concerned. We, we talked about, I talked the exact same way when Michael Thomas held out last year. Yes, hold out good. Keep yourself healthy. Be on the field as little as possible and as little as you need, especially if you have an injury history like the one that Alvin Kamara began developing in 2018, 2019, excuse me. He does not want to continue that reputation while looking for a new contract in the NFL that's already very hard on running back. So please, Sit down, young fella, and make sure that you get your money and get paid. I have no problem with this. But let's talk about some more hypotheticals. What happens if a contract isn't reached and Alvin Kamara decides that he's going to sit out for a portion of the season or continue to sit out through training camp, which is all that it takes for some drastic possibilities that could be to Alvin Kamara's detriment? The new CBA has made it really, really tough for holdouts to take place and extend into meaningful portions of the NFL season. We can also talk a little bit about what does the contract look like if it gets done. And I would say when it gets done for Alvin Kamara's extensions, pretty simple answer, honestly, about where that range sits. And then we'll talk a little bit more about, you know, what if he does sit out for a little bit longer, what are those things doing right now without both Alvin Kamara and Dwayne Washington? Who's getting those running back snaps? We'll talk through all that. But let's start off with the big question, which for most people is what happens if Alvin Kamara doesn't play? And he sits out. And again, I still think that is an extreme long shot for that to happen because when you look at what the new CBA has done, if any player ends up missing time and and is not fulfilling the contractual agreement of their contract, which means reporting to work, they no longer accrue a year. So you can't sit out, wait for your contract to run out and then enter free agency. It's not that simple. If Alvin Kamara were to sit out any meaningful portion of the season, even if he played a portion of it, 
he's still not living out his side of the contractual obligation of his contract and therefore would be refused in a crude season, meaning that he would just turn into a restricted free agent next season, which means that the Saints would be able to put down an RFA tender either on a first round, second round, or yeah, I, I would imagine it'd be a first or a second round, but essentially treating him the same way that they treated Taysom Hill this offseason and then end up paying $4 million for him to sit around again and still become a Saint next year. Because even if another team offered a contract, the Saints would then get the opportunity to match that contract, so on and so forth, as you're accustomed to when it comes to restricted free agents. So it's not the smartest choice for Alvin Kamara and his people because it's not as if he sits out and then becomes a free agent and gets to work on a new contract. He simply sits out only to then become very likely a New Orleans Saint all over again next year. So it's not the smartest choice. It's not the smartest choice. And the thing that makes all of that irrelevant at this point is reaching a contract extension with the team, which is still why I believe that the only reason why you take that calculated risk is because you believe that the contract is going to get done anyway. So therefore, the idea of not gathering in a crude season doesn't even cross your mind because you're going to be with the team anyway. And the team understands that you're doing what you got to do in order to make sure that you stay healthy so that you can earn that contract out on the field, much like what Michael Thomas did in 2019. He got his new contract, went out and caught 149 catches for over 1,700 yards and nine touchdowns. And that's the type of production that Alvin Kamara is going to want to be able to give if he gets the new contract. Now, if he gets that new contract, what does it look like? And I know we've talked about this on the show, but in case we have any new listeners or anybody that still has this question, the contract is pretty simple in terms of where it lands on an APY. I think that the biggest conversation, which Nick Underhill has pointed out multiple times, is what was the understanding between representation, the agents of Alvin Kamara, as well as the team in terms of how much Christian McCaffrey was getting paid this season. Because if the fifth year option was not given, and it is instead a part of the extension for, for Christian McCaffrey, that means that his extension extends over five years as opposed to if the fifth year option kicks in and then the extension years begin, his extension then is over four years. Of course, if it's over five years without the fifth year option, that is a lesser APY per year, puts it down closer to the $14 million range. If it's not, then it puts it up to the $16 million range, which is the way that we so often refer to it because that's the bigger number, right? That's the more exciting number. But the representation and the team in terms of getting negotiations going had to understand where the market was. If that worked out and if that is settled, that's one of the reasons why these talks are getting closer and closer is because they have landed on a common ground in terms of what the definition of what the market is and are now navigating around the market. If that's the case, the logical place for Alvin Kamara to fall, honestly, even if they still look at the market as being reset by Christian McCaffrey with a $16 million APY or average per year contract, the market for Alvin Kamara is still to me between David, uh, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell who are in that 13 and 13.1 kind of petty battle that happened between the two of them and their agents and Ezekiel Elliott and his $15 million APY. So to me, that means that Alvin Kamara is worth somewhere in between $13.2 million and $14.9 million. That's kind of where I set his market. You could even go so far as to say 14 and a half to 13 and a half. So that's kind of where I put Alvin Kamara in terms of his average per year. Now, guarantees are going to be probably a, a lofty part of this, especially as a running back and how much is guaranteed for injury. What's the percentage of guarantees? And then the Saints, 
are going to have to do some maneuvering in order to make sure that it's a heavy signing bonus so that they can keep the first and second year base salary hits pretty low because next year the salary cap is dropping from $198.2 million all the way down to $175 million potentially. That's where that cap is in terms of the lowest that it can be. So most teams are going to be operating under the understanding, at least for now, that $170 million is what the cap is going to be. So they'll have to structure the contract so that it's backloaded or has a heavy signing bonus at this time that is spread out and spreads out the cap hit over voidable years, things like that. Remember, you can spread a signing bonus out over five seasons and then down the line, continue to restructure the contract to move some of that down and convert parts of the base salary to signing bonus and spread that out over multiple years as well. So the Saints will continue to do what they do, Mickey Loomis, Kai Hartley, and maneuvering around the cap in order to get this contract done. Getting the contract done doesn't mean that they're in a bad place or any worse of a place going into the 2021 season with that drop in salary because the Saints will be able to plan for it and will build a contract as such that response that much like what the Chiefs did with a whole $117 in their bank account when they re-signed Chris Jones as well as Patrick Mahomes. And we know the Saints are masters at maneuvering the salary cap anyway. As for right now, the Saints are in a little bit of a conundrum at the running back position because Alvin Kamara is sitting out while presumably this contract is getting done and presumably also nursing an injury. Meanwhile, Dwayne Washington is presently on the COVID reserve list. We still don't know why, false positive, true positive, or he came in contact with somebody else that did test positive. The NFL is still restructuring and trying to figure out the best ways to get a same-day result on players that test positive to make sure that they are indeed positive as opposed to false positive. So there's still so much revolving around that situation, but that's another running back down for the Saints at this moment. Thankfully, the Saints still have three running backs they can rely on, Latavius Murray, who looked good in Monday's practice. You also have Ty Montgomery. And by the way, we'll review Monday's practice in Wednesday's episode ahead of the con- ahead of the uh, 53-man roster breakdown because the Saints are going to be off today, so it won't be a practice from Tuesday to, uh, to review. So we'll do that on Wednesday. So they've still got Latavius Murray. They still have Ty Montgomery. And then they still have undrafted free agent out of Notre Dame running back Tony Jones Jr. So they're still in good shape in terms of what they have available to them in camp. And if for any unprecedented and unimaginable reason that Alvin Kamara were to pull, let's say, a Melvin Gordon and try to sit out, which the CBA makes very unfavorable for the player to make that decision anyway, as we discussed earlier, but let's just entertain the conversation for the hell of it. The Saints still have Latavius Murray and another versatile piece like Tom Montgomery to where they would still be able to utilize them as weapons along with the plethora of weapons that this high octane offense would still have in 2020. But again, highly doubtful that that happens from my perspective. I'm prepared to be wrong. Don't get me wrong, but highly, highly unlikely. It seems to me that that would ever be the case. And it would be a bold prediction, I guess I would say. And so let's get to your bold predictions for our Twitter Tuesday segment. Sent in a bunch of really great ones from Twitter. I'll try to get through as many of them as possible. Coming up next, you're on Locked on Saints, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, Houdet Nation. Once again, I just want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in to today's episode of Locked on Saints and for all the support. It's been a lot of fun getting ready here for the 2020 season. And we are right around the corner from it, just 13 days away at this point. It's kind of wild. So if this is your first time catching the show, please take a moment to subscribe so you can be a part of everything going on here and the Locked on Saints family every single Monday through Friday. Get your daily dose in of the black and gold. And we love to do our Twitter Tuesdays, our Facebook Fridays, ways to get you involved. So I thought it'd be pretty fun today for Twitter Tuesday to, instead of taking questions, do bold predictions and just have a little bit of fun, have a good time to wrap up today's episode. I I did, however, get one question at Jeff underscore Rhodes, who I don't want to ignore. He asked, uh, do you think that Patrick Robinson is on the bubble this year? I think that Patrick Robinson has had a fantastic camp, although we have seen that before, so I'm not getting my hopes up, but I think he's doing all the right things, especially with PJ Williams playing a little bit more safety these days in camp. It makes sense that Patrick Robinson would still make the team here in 2020 because he would be the backup in the slot behind CJ Gardner-Johnson or CD Deuce. So I think that he is on the bubble and he would be a great trade chip, for instance, but it seems likely that he may end up on the roster because he could be valuable depth at the slot. So that's kind of where I sit with him. But let's take a look at your bold predictions. The first one that I got came from Brian Henry at NJSaint1 on Twitter. I hope all is well with the family. Thank you very much. And for everybody that reached out, I appreciate it. Things are better, but you know, you know, you know how it goes. You know, sometimes you're just being ready and we're just being prepared. So we're always ready for something to change, but I appreciate it. Thank you very, very much for that. And for everybody who did uh, take the time to reach out and who have put us in their thoughts, I thank you very much for that. Um, Brian's prediction here is that the Saints secondary will lead the NFL in interceptions and Janoris Jenkins will lead the league with six. What say you? Um, Leading the league in interceptions is a pretty lofty goal for the Saints and Janoris Jenkins getting six as an outside corner is really exciting. And again, playing press man, he's somebody that has shown he can generate turnovers from that style. I will put Marcus Williams at six this season to lead the team. I've actually made that prediction on um on Louis Prejean's show over at uh 103.7 the game up in Alexandria. And so I, I will I will roll that way. But I love where the mind is going. I love where the mind is going and want to see that for the defense here. Um, Jim Smith also showing some love for the uh for the defense here. I want to shout out Jim's um Twitter handle, but I'm just gonna say it's at Jim Smith bunch of numbers because it's like two six six one nine zero eight six kind of thing. Uh but Jim uh, number one defense. And I hear you. That's where they want to be, right? They want to be in that top five across a bunch of different categories. As Alex Anzalone said, and I'm sure being top one, uh, wouldn't be a bad, bad idea for them. Uh, at Joey Plague said, uh, CD leads the league in interceptions. All right. So it doesn't take that much to lead the league in interceptions. Quote unquote, doesn't take that much, right? We're not talking about double digit interceptions. Last year, it was, uh, it was Stefan Gilmore who led in interceptions, I believe it's six or seven. I want to say it was six, but it's been six or seven over the last few years in terms of up single player leading the league in interceptions. So it doesn't take a ton. And CD is playing in the slot, which is a prime place to get those interceptions because he's populating the middle of the field. So I'm with you, Joey. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, at at Nola Lottie, Andrew asked uh, or said rather, Deontay Harris has more touches than Traquan Smith. Okay, so if you include special teams touches, then I'm 100% with you. If you're just talking about offensive touches, then you got a bold prediction, right? If you include, but which is what I think he's doing. I don't think Andrew's trying to like, you know, cut sly here <laughs> or anything like that. But that's a very interesting one. And we talked yesterday about what it is that Deontay Harris can bring to this team as an explosive playmaker. 
in this offense. If he shows that early, then he's going to get his hands on that football a lot throughout the season. Up next, we've got at SaintsFan93, my good friend Derek. Marcus Davenport will lead the Saints in sacks this year. It's a big step for him because, again, Cam Jordan's only gotten better and better every single season. You know, 15 and a half sacks last season and the 13 range season before that got better than the season before that in 2017. So, you know, the, the trend for Cam Jordan is to continue putting those numbers up into the double digits. So that would mean that Marcus Davenport not only has to get up into the double digits, but might have to get up into the 15-14 sack range in order to surpass Cam Jordan. And if that's the case, you saw about Marcus Davenport getting 14 or 15 sacks. What that means for this defense is that it's probably another 60 sack year like we saw back in the early 2000s from the Saints defense. And I will take that absolutely no problem. Uh, at who that agent Jody Breeze and at that boy Clink, good friend Hayden, both showing Drew Brees some love. Jody said another 5,000 yard passing season for Drew with the crying laughing face. But hey, I'm not mad at it. And Hayden backed that one up as well with Drew throws for over 4,800 yards. Now look, Drew's throwing up them passes. He's, he's getting 40, 45 yards down the field. And it tells you a lot of different things, right? It tells you that he has been working on the arm strength, but also tells you where we are uh, as observers and as a fan base where we're getting excited on 30 40 yard air passes. <laughs> so, you know, there's a reality to it all together. But hey, if, with the weapons that he has, and again, some of these players that can create yards after catch, like Emmanuel Sanders, like Jerry Cook, like Alvin Kamara, like Ty Montgomery, like Deontay Harris, hopefully can as well. He maybe he doesn't have to get that many air yards out of that. Remember, the Saints with 2,285 yards after catch last season, third in the NFL. They could do it again here in 2020. Speaking of, Jared Cook. Jared Cook registers more touchdowns than Jimmy Graham did in the 2013 season, which was a whopping 16 touchdowns. That coming from a Grigo 91 on Twitter, that would be that would be something else. <laughs> that is absolutely for certain. And we have talked about before how Jared Cook is a playmaker in this offense. And if he picks up where he left off last season, he should score. He should get into the end zone uh, a ton. That's for certain. And especially with red zone reps as well. At rfranco underscore one underscore two, our good friend Rob Franco drops. Ty Montgomery takes over the Swiss Army knife role and scores at least 10 touchdowns, making Packer fans sick all over again. So essentially, taking a former Packer, just like the Saints did with, Ta- with Taysom Hill, and then putting him into a role to where all of a sudden he excels in the offense and then ends up uh, putting up at least 10 touchdowns that would be uh, that would be very fun to watch. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see exactly how it is that Ty Montgomery is going to end up factoring into this offense because he is going to get used all over the place, in the backfield, in the slot, um, it, out wide. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in tight to the to the formation either. So it'll be really interesting to see the balance between his usage and Taysom Hill's usage if Ty Montgomery makes the roster going into 2020. Next, we got Michael Cogger at CoggerMD who said, Saints defense leads the league in sacks with four players notching eight or more in, and I love this list. This is really interesting. Uh, Cam Jordan, Marcus Davenport, Sheldon Rankins, and Trey Hendrickson. Trey Hendrickson's a really interesting one to pick to be one of those uh, eight or more sack guys. I would probably lean a little bit more toward David on Yamada, but interesting to throw Trey Hendrickson in there. It's got to be bold, right? It's got to be bold, and Trey Hendrickson certainly makes that bold. But again, the Saints defensive line is probably going to look pretty much exactly what it looked like last year and has the ability to really go out there and uh, put some work in. All right, let me try to fly through a bunch of these coming up here. Uh, at Wolf Cola underscore CEO, Deontay Harris, 10 touchdowns on the year, six receiving, 
two rushing because Peyton loves his jet sweeps. He does indeed. And two on special teams. Barry Hersius at Barry Hersius on Twitter as uh, said rather. Uh, I keep wanting to say ass. My bad. Um, the New Orleans Saints are going to win their second Super Bowl title in franchise history, and Drew Brees will become the third quarterback in NFL's 101 history to go out on top, quote unquote, before retiring, joining John Elway and Peyton Manning in the exclusive club. Finally got a, a Super Bowl win. Bold prediction there, but is it really that bold? I'm just playing. No, I love that from uh, I love that from Barry uh, at Scottish Hudat said uh, the defense ranks top three in yards and points allowed. That's great. That's where they want to be. Uh, at Michael London nine, Emmanuel Sanders goes over a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. So he, that would put him and uh, I would say that would put him and Michael Thomas at over a thousand yards and over eight touchdowns or eight or more touchdowns. Uh, at Dale, I'm sorry, at Lil Dice 504, Dale, 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 Saint Sign, Camara, and Fournette. Get out of here with the Fournette love. Sorry, sorry, y'all. I'm, I'm not on that bandwagon. Uh, at Chattywag 865, Marquez Callaway gets plenty of on-field time and has a hell of a rookie season. Would love to see that. Uh, at S Messed Up, I love that. Uh, special team set team and league single season records for field goal accuracy for Will Lutz. Fewest punt returns allowed, front return yards allowed for Thomas Morstead and kick return yards accrued by Deontay Harris. And finally, at 23 underscore Bryce B, Drew finally gets that MVP and Alvin Kamara has a thousand yard rushing and receiving yards this season. Now, y'all have heard me say before that I believe that Alvin Kamara will be a thousand yard rusher this season. I don't know that he hits a thousand yards club in both, right? The thousand thousand, but Bryce certainly believes it and I love it. Great, great stuff, y'all. I appreciate all of these, and I appreciate all of you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure you come back tomorrow. It's going to be even more fun. We'll recap Monday's practice, fill you in on any other updates with Alvin Kamara's contract or anything else that comes up, and then we'll get started with the defensive side of our updated 53-man roster. 53-man roster cutdowns are coming on Saturday. So we got to get our projections in. We'll start with defense on Wednesday. Then we'll jump to offense on Thursday with the early segment updating you on Wednesday's practice. And then Friday, of course, we have Facebook Friday and all the updates you need to wrap up the week. Very much looking forward to this week coming up. And as always, I thank you very much for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support and for helping me grow this family. This has been Locked on Saints. And trust who that nation, I'll holla at you. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.